tieflings and tabaxi, high elves and halflings, barbarians and bards. Welcome back to Raw School. Open up your player's handbook as we take another deep dive into the magical and mystical world of Dungeons and Dragons. Class is now in session. Welcome back to Raw School! And we have our very favorite pupil with us today, Sandra. Welcome back! Thanks! I'm super excited to be here again, despite Yay. all the making fun of me, but whatever. And <laughs> and she was kind enough to actually do her homework, and she sent us her character sheet. And yeah. we're going to go over some of the numbers she filled out and maybe make some suggestions on how it could be perhaps a little bit more evenly divided in the in the numbers or a little yeah. bit uh, more well-rounded of a character than what you've got. And then um, we'll talk about... Uh, how you filled out the rest of the sheet. And then there were some blank squares in the sheet that you sent us. And maybe we'll just have you uh, tell us how you would calculate what number goes in there. Ooh, yeah. So if you're listening along, this is a good time to, if you listen to our previous episode, episode seven, um, now would be a good time to sort of get that character sheet out and maybe listen along to, uh, to how, um, uh, we're, we're, we're working with Sandy to fill out her character sheet and maybe you'll get some, some tips and tricks. Yeah. Right. You ready, Sandy? Well, not that now I have to explain all this that stuff because I no, literally no, listened no. to your stuff like we'll be four right times. Here. We'll be right here oh. with you. Yeah, we're right Don't here worry. to make fun. I mean, to help you. <laughs> but um, distanced. No, we're, we're kidding. We're kidding. Um, so maybe, do you want to just start by like introducing us to who this character is? Yeah, she's awesome. Um, so <laughs> she is a dragonborn um, sage, and she's a researcher. She's chaotic good on her alignment, and I'm very mm. excited for that um, because I read <laughs> in the player's handbook that they go one way or the other, and even though it is a metallic dragonborn and that's more likely to be darker, I went with chaotic good. And her name is Karylon, which is her clan name because dragonborns have clan name first. Corin. I love it. I know, right? I, I did actual research. She she went deep dive, and I'm like yeah. really excited about this. <laughs> I love the name Karylon. Yeah, that's so cool. Now let me ask. So this isn't going to be for your the Harry Potter game, right? This no, is we're gonna we're going to do a high fantasy thing with with her. So this will be a great one for for that. Very nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So I love that Karylon Cornet Corin. Corin. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So why don't you why don't we start with the ability scores, Anna? You yeah, think, you think let's that's do that. Spot? So so maybe Sandy, why don't you just walk us through like why why you gave the higher points to the things that you did or like what you were yeah. mm -hmm. what you were aiming for there? Because mm -hmm. okay, for our listeners, you're obviously not looking at what <laughs> what the score breakdown is here. So we'll go we'll go down the list here. She gave her strength a seventeen. Uh, her, her dexterity is an eight. Her constitution is a nine. Her intelligence is a 14, her wisdom is a 9, and then her charisma is a 16. So I know that Joe and I have some suggestions for you about this. But first, I, I think both of us wanted to know what, what your thoughts were in building it like this. Yeah, so um, also I should probably have said that she's also a paladin, which is charisma and strength needs to go up on that. So that's why those two are kind of higher. I also really wanted her to be... Um, 
part of her backstory is that she heard the idiom knowledge is power and has decided that in her part of the clan and in order to make her clan powerful she needs all the knowledge so she's very much into the intelligence but she's a little bit short-sighted and so her wisdom was down on that um and then dexterity and i said i needed a just crapshoot one that you just i was like (laughs) (laughs) and that was that so (laughs) i just didn't uh even though she is a paladin i figured strength and charisma would be better for that sort of class than um dexterity lovely so maybe maybe let's start with some of the some of the good some of the things we liked. Anna, do you were there? What's some good feedback you have? Um, well, first of all, I love the plus three to charisma. Actually, I think that's that mm-hmm. is a great thing to do for a paladin based character, since especially that's your your um, spell modifier. So um, kind of pumping up the the charisma, um, especially considering the way you have described this character to me and a little bit more about the backstory that I know about this character, I think having that higher charisma is going to be great for you. And I I love that you thought about your backstory and that you try to incorporate the like, hey, she's a researcher, she's chasing knowledge. So it made sense for you to up her intelligence as opposed to focusing on those other things. I think those those were both really great things that you did. Yeah, I I think obviously. Um, so let me ask. Now you knew you wanted to make a paladin as your first character. Mm-hmm. Did you know it was going to be a dragonborn, or or did you pick dragonborn for a specific reason? I did not know it was going to be dragonborn. I had talked with Anna a little bit because she's going to be my DM, and also not because I hang out with her and talk with her every day. Um, <laughs> I was talking with her about kind of what I might like to do, and because I was I kind of wanted to be. Like, it's high fantasy. I wanted to do magic. But, like, I also didn't want to just be, like, a random person sitting in the background not really doing a whole lot. Um, And so I did kind of want, like, a little bit of the fighter side of things. And so um, Anna had said that a paladin, a dragonborn paladin, would have been a good choice because um, they kind of have some interesting, fun little plays um, as well as... um, I'll still be able to kind of do the magic things and kind of still be crazy fantasy um, without just having to be a human because that's dumb. I listened to your last episode and that's what you guys said. Where we poop all over humans. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. So first things first, you went to your DM, right? That's such a great idea. Hey, I, I need help making a character. What should I do? And you went to Anna. So kudos to you for that and you're right like you get the plus two to strength from being a, be- a dragonborn there's a hair flip for those who aren't <laughs> looking um uh and a plus one uh so a plus two to strength for a dragonborn and a plus one to charisma for a dragonborn so right off the bat this is a really good combination of race and class um and another thing is that um uh, as a dragonborn you gain re- resistance to whatever damage type that that your dragon is mm-hmm. so as a paladin that's going to help you a ton if you're you're if right off the bat resistant to a type of damage so awesome um and yeah i, I agree with anna um that plus three to charisma is going to serve you really well um uh, your high strength is going to serve you well. And I love that you traded off. Like you were like, she's short, she's short sighted. So wisdom is going to be low, but she's smart. So intelligence is high. I love when characters have those sort of, um, you know, those balances uh, in them. And when you put that much thought into creating your character. Mm-hmm. So very well done. 
Um, so now, now it's just going to be downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and now we, we tear it up. We'll, we'll sandwich it. We'll say nice things at the end, too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I love so the sandwich I guess, method. <laughs> Um, so one thing to note, some, a question people sometimes ask, if you look on the character sheet under each ability score, there's the big box and the little, the little circle. And people are like, which number goes in which it doesn't matter. Whichever Mm -hmm. one you like goes in the box. I put the, the actual score in the large box and the modifier in the small one. It doesn't matter. Um, so overall, my, my one comment with the distribution of the ability scores is that odd numbers you generally want to avoid odd numbers. And the reason is because if you're starting, if you know that, that you only increase ability scores based on even numbers, then you know that it doesn't, you don't gain anything by going up one point and you don't lose anything by going down one point. So if you're at say a 15 or, or let's just pick one of your, one of your numbers here. So your your constitution score is a nine. It doesn't, hurt you to go down to eight because your modifier is going to stay a negative one. Now, sometimes people like to, if you're really into the high concept builds, sometimes people, when they think ahead to like higher levels, they'll, when you get your ability score improvement, um, like at level four, for example, they'll say, okay, when I hit level four, then I'm going to add a plus one to these two stats, get a modifier increase in both yada, yada, or something along those lines. That that's okay, but for just starting out, you're probably not thinking ahead that much, right? Um, so so what you could right? So <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not thinking ahead that much, right? And that's and that's like for like super. That's like the crazy shit that I do when I'm building. So for so if you were to bump that constitution down to an eight, your modifier would still be negative one, but now you have one spare point, and your wisdom is a nine, so you could add a one to that nine and make your wisdom 10, meaning that you suddenly are no no longer at a negative one to wisdom. Um, Or conversely, you can do the opposite. You can take that point away from wisdom because we know that you you told us your character isn't the wisest and you could add that point to constitution so that you're not subtracting anything from your hit point total. Which is, which is probably the way that I would lean if I was creating this. Um, the way that you've described your character to it's, it sounds like she's probably going to be like, I'm going to charge into battle. Um, and so making her a little bit tougher by having not a negative one as a constitution and trying to at least have a zero as a constitution uh, modifier is probably the way that I would go with it. Yeah. Does that make sense, Sandy? Yes, it does. And I've already updated my sheet. <laughs> Um, so another example of this is with your strength score. So, mm-hmm. so for starters, so you have a plus two as the modifier as written, it would be plus three. So you cheated yourself one, one point there. Um, but it, it, the same applies, even though, you know, we obviously, you want your strength to be high. Well, jumping from a 16 to a 17 doesn't, doesn't increase your modifier at all. However, if you were to take that 17 down to a 16, you don't just get one ability score point to move around. You get two because if you use the calculator, the reason why you can have, so normally the highest score you can get um, using the point by is it caps you at 15. Um, And then the only way you can get higher than that is with racial ability score improvements. So here, basically your max was 15 and you bumped it up to 17 with your plus two. Well, if you bump that 17 down to 16, 
you now have two ability score points mm -hmm. to move around. So by just making those two tweaks, we've essentially given you three extra points to sort of move around. Um, and if you were to do that to all of your odd scores, that gives you a total of four. So let's say, let's say we do that, right? So we'll take your strength down to 16. You stay at a plus three for your modifier. That's two ability score points to move around. And then we take one from constitution and one from wisdom. So they're both down to eight. You now have four points to distribute. What I honestly would recommend is dumping all four of those points in the constitution. Same. Um, yeah. I mean, if I was playing a character, like I, I love high wisdom because there's so many skills that go with it. But um, for your character, it makes more sense for your character to not have a high wisdom. So in this case, you would actually, instead of getting a negative one to your con modifier, you'd be getting a plus one. And if you're going to be up in the fray of battle and you think about all the constitution saving throws, if you're going to cast concentration spells, which we can talk about later, like bless um, on your party, which are super, super great spells that you have access to. Um, then uh, is that you blessing us? I thought you had a question. But <laughs> I know, Jenny's I realized as soon as I did the first then, one. <laughs> she makes the same motion I do every time I cast bless, both hands in the air, and I'm like, bless. Hashtag bless, y'all. Um, uh, but but that plus one is going to help you so much, and a negative one is could really screw you over. Mm -hmm. um, so that would put your total, if you made those adjustments, then your total scores would be 16, 8, 12, 14, 8, 16. Mm -hmm. Does Which that is, make sense? Yes. Which is pretty decent for a paladin at first level uh, to start out with. Um, and then that's going to change some of the other numbers you have on your sheet as well, right? Yep. Um, so I noticed that you filled in all of the uh, individual skills and gave them the appropriate, you know, pluses and minuses that you thought corresponded. Um, can you, for our listeners, tell us? Nope. Okay. Well, at the bottom, you've listed, <laughs> you've listed <laughs> that thing called proficiencies and you've listed arcana, history, insight, persuasion. And uh, in looking at your, your skill checks, I saw that you correctly had added your proficiency mm -hmm. bonus when you did the pluses to those. So to explain to our listeners what we mean when Presumably, when you read your Dragonborn and your Paladin and your backstory information, you saw that it tells you, you know, uh, being a being a Dragonborn gives you proficiency in this, or being a Paladin gives you proficiency in this, or this back oh, this back background gives you proficiency in this, and those were the four skills that you came up with, uh, and which means that you know if you're let's see what you're proficient in, Arcana, which is under your Intelligence score. Instead of just adding the plus two, which is your intelligence modifier, you got to add two more to that. So now your arcana checks are plus four, which you did correctly on there. So good job. Yeah. Yeah. And and as a tip, an easy visual tip for this character sheet is to just click the circle next to the next to the stats you're proficient in oh. rather than listing mm -hmm. them at the bottom because It'll save you. Yeah, it'll save you some space. But also when when you reach level five and your proficiency modifier goes up, it's really helpful to be able to visualize instantly which skills you're proficient in because mm -hmm. you have to add a plus one to all of those skills. I see um, this. I see this now. 
yeah but otherwise what that was for yeah 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 (laughs) so otherwise though i think this is a really great spread i think your intuition of having decks at an eight is perfectly fine um i always freak out at having an eight decks because I, i that's just the player i am um you may decide uh you don't really care if your character, I mean, they're a dragon, right? So how dexterous can they be? Um, <laughs> uh, they're clunking around. They probably, you're probably going to have heavy armor if your dex is a, is a negative modifier. Um, so uh, it, it's perfectly fine to have a negative to dexterity. And uh, I saw that you picked the kind of dragon you want to be. Do you want to mm. tell us a little, she, she's so excited. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. I picked a brass one because of the fire ability because in your episode because i listened to it like a good student um (laughs) i was told that a lot of damage that happens is going to be either um poison not poison i'm sorry yeah poison Mm -hmm. which is green and i didn't want to be green or fire um yeah so because i really i did not want to be the lizard people from doctor who i wanted to be (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be something completely different. Um, so that's so why. a brass dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. And that's one of the ones it, most a lot of people tend to pick the cone ability. But the brass dragon actually has a breath weapon that goes in a line. So you actually can hit everything in a 30 foot line, which is actually a, a really long stretch <laughs> on a battle map. So it's kind of a neat. I think it'll be a lot of fun to use that breath weapon in combat. But yeah, that fire resistance. Yeah, you. So Andrew had said that on our discussion about races. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're going to play a dragon, poison and fire are two of the most common damage types you're going to experience, and it's true. Um, uh, and uh, that's going to serve you so well against traps, against enemies, against natural occurrences. Um, yeah. So great thinking. I love that. And I love the picture you found for your dragonborn. I know, right? She looks like a badass. I literally spent the most time on that. Like, (laughs) Anna was like, did you calculate everything? And I was like, I found a picture. (laughs) Hey, that's that's where we're at. (laughs) Um, So let's just see. So um, there's also on the character sheets we're using, there's a little box called racial traits. Um, I noticed that you put her height. There's actually a section on the third page um, uh, where you've already filled that stuff in as well. Um, uh, So that's actually a better place to put some of those stats. Um, So, but you did put brass and fire in there. I think that's also probably a good place to note your, um, your breath weapon. So you might want to put like a fire breath weapon, 30 foot by five foot line um just so you have that information handy and what um, the what the save roll is is yes. it changes and you're lucky because i believe it's based on your charisma right oh no 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 no. it's either oh. con or dex no no but the save saving right. throw is eight plus your con modifier plus oh, your proficiency oh, oh. bonus no 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 oh, where yeah no that's that's right. I thought it was based on charisma, which is weird that it's not based on charisma. 
the DC is eight plus con plus proficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, we just gave you a plus two to that save, meaning by changing your con from negative one to plus one, um, rather than subtracting one from that equation, you're adding one in. So at first level, um, you're going to be your DC 11 because uh, it's eight plus two is your proficiency modifier at first level plus one as opposed to minus one from before. So that means that a creature hit by your breath weapon has to get an 11. Uh, uh, is it a deck save? Right. Where it lists the types of dragons. It should. Oh, tell you. oh, I see. Anna. Yes. Yeah. It's decks. So, um, uh, so that means the creature has to make um, an 11 deck save. Uh, whereas before the way you had your ability score, uh, laid out it would have had to only make, make a nine so as you can see like those numbers really have a huge impact on um a lot of your stuff here um and then you also probably want to note your damage resistance there as well just as a reminder like hey i'm resistant to fire damage and then if you're if you want a reminder a further refresher on on what that means in parentheses you can, you can put half damage so whenever mm-hmm. the dm says you take 10 damage then you can say but i'm resistant so i only take five did it awesome yeah yeah i didn't realize exactly how extensive this character sheet was so i was like filling know, it in right? being like oh yes one page this would be so much easy <laughs> and it was so much not yeah. so much easy yeah so much easy <laughs> you heard me that's language yeah i i don't it's find anything wrong friday with that. anna <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's let's keep going then. Um your AC, which I believe you calculated correctly. Uh your AC plus your dex, which is a negative one mod. So mm-hmm. but or ten plus yeah, ten plus your dex. Yeah. Um now as a paladin though, you do get mm-hmm. starting equipment. Um so I know that uh you didn't fill out all this stuff, but if you go back and look on the paladin page, I believe you get the option of starting with probably chainmail. Shield. Um, yeah, you can definitely start with the shields, which I highly recommend. Yes. Um and uh and you I believe you get access to chainmail or one of the heavy armors. Mm-hmm. Um which, and you're proficient in like everything. So Yeah. Which yeah. is so nice. Yeah. Paladins. Amazing. Yeah. It's great because so, you don't have to worry about what can I or can't I use. You can use everything. Um, yeah. So if you if let's say for that you wanted to instead have a character that used um, dexterity based weapons for whatever reason, you could actually and, and therefore your dexterity and strength was swapped. Then you might consider, oh, like, do I want to try um light armor or medium armor that factors in dexterity more but because you're likely going to be wearing heavy armor um uh or and that because your strength score is higher and your dex is a negative it makes perfect sense to wear heavy armor as uh as this character yep and i i'm i'm flipping to the page so you're guaranteed chainmail and you have you have an option of picking either two martial weapons or a martial weapon and a shield. And my recommendation would definitely be to pick up that shield because that's going to give you a plus two to your AC. Yeah. And so this goes a little bit beyond what we asked you to do, but when we get to the episode on spell casting, which I don't know, maybe that'll be one of the next ones we do. um, You have to have certain components. So generally to cast a spell, you have to, there's a ver- there might be a verbal component, so you say something, a somatic component, meaning you wave your hands around or kick your feet or whatever, and a material component, 
Well, for paladins and clerics, you can have what's called a holy symbol um, that you can put directly on your shield. Why are you flipping me off? <laughs> she just, my she holy just gave symbol. us the middle finger uh, because that's going to be her holy symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flip off your professor. Out of class. Um, I okay. Um, so you uh, you paint a big middle finger on your shield, and suddenly your shield now serves as the material component for your spells and there are some nuances there which we'll get into later but for most the vast majority of spells that have material components your shield counts as that component and you can perform the somatic components of a spell in the same hand you're using your shield in Mm -hmm. so um it it, is really no like negative to having a shield um you you can uh, look into things like two weapon fighting, which means that if, if you're holding two melee weapons um, in each hand uh, or sorry, one melee weapon in each hand, then you can actually make one attack as your action and a second attack, an offhand attack as a bonus action without any special feat or ability or anything for um, free. Yeah, for free as mm-hmm. a bonus action. But uh, I think especially as a new player, you're going to really love having a shield. Yes. Um, I think you're just going to really prefer that extra boost to AC. Um, and in reality, like, I mean, yeah, hitting a second time with the potential to do like a second divine smite is cool, but you, I mean, at least in my campaigns and I know in Joe's, you move up the ranks like relatively quickly at the lower levels. So mm-hmm. before not, before not too long, you're going to be at level five where you already get an extra attack. So right, it's better to have the shield. <laughs> So any questions so far on on stuff you filled in or or stuff we've gone over? Um does chainmail give you an AC benefit? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's 16 I believe is your base AC. Uh yeah, that's right. If I'm remembering correctly. Where do you see that? So on on page 84, it tells you that like as a paladin, what kind of equipment you get. But later on in the player's handbook, it explains like the what the benefits of that equipment are. So one so for those listening, 145 in the player's handbook uh, tells you exactly what the benefits to armor are. And page 149 will tell you all the benefits to weapons. So Sandy, we know we didn't have you do this, but let's let's go through and let's pick out a weapon and armor because you have this badass dragonborn uh, a paladin and we want to totally gear her out, right? Yes. So um, so I would recommend going with chainmail. Um, you you get that as an option as a paladin. And I really think that in order for this for this build with a low dexterity to be viable, you're gonna have to go with heavy armor. Mm-hmm. Um uh, now and, and what Joe was talking about earlier with the with the needing the higher strength for that, you'll see on that chart at the bottom of 145, if you go under heavy armor and you see where it says chainmail and you follow the line across. Right. So, you know, your armor class automatically gets a bump up to 16, which is huge. But if you keep going down that line, it says strength 13, which means in order to be able to wear this, your strength score at least has to be a 13. You're fine. You're at a 16. So you are well over what you need to be to be able to wear that heavy armor. But that's what he was talking about when he says you need a particular strength to have heavy armor chainmail. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, and just for the listeners out there, just in general, when you're building a character, armor and dexterity go hand in hand. So if you have a very high dexterity, you're likely going to be geared towards lighter armor. If you have a low dexterity, you're probably going to want heavier armor, just as a general rule. Um, and you'll notice that the consequence then to having heavier armor is that you have disadvantage on stealth checks. Now, your paladin, for, unfortunately for the rest of your group, <laughs> is going to be clanging around like pots and pans <laughs> down a stair, uh, down a hallway, because not only do you have a minus one to stealth because your dexterity is an eight, but you have heavy armor, which gives you disadvantage. So hopefully. So your DM is going to definitely take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. It's an entire like spies (laughs) subterfuge campaign. Um, That was rude. I should have known that before. (laughs) Um, But they're actually, uh, they're actually really cool spells and things that can, can buff you uh, that some of your party might have access to. So um, not too big of a deal later on in the game, but yeah, be careful of stealth missions at level one. Um, so we talked about the chainmail. We're going to go ahead and give you that shield as one of your mm-hmm. options. So then now from a 16, when you when you are holding that shield in one hand, now your AC is an 18, which yeah. is a really big deal. Because now anytime one of my monsters attacks you, they have to roll at least an 18 mm-hmm. to hit you. Wait, why did we get to 18? I thought we were at 16 with the shield. Right, but if or, you have a shield, add, if yeah. I have a shield, your shield I get bonus plus two. is yeah. plus two. Oh, okay. Yep. So if you, yeah, so the chainmail, if you look under the armor class, is 16. That's the base armor class of just the armor. And then if you go down to the bottom of that table, you see shield is an additional plus two on top of that. Um, and late, much later on in the game, you can find shields that could be like a plus three shield um, or or armor that is, uh, you know, a, a plus one chainmail. So it it's a base 17 instead of 16 um, or armor made out of cool material that takes away the disadvantage. So, yeah, there's really like a whole bunch of options. Um, so, well, OK, so, Anna, what do you think? Should we should we look at the weapons now? Let's go. Let's look at the weapons. Ooh, weapons. So you're looking at page 149 now. Mm-hmm. now sandy yeah what now there's a lot of weapons here and, and and unless you've sort of spent time looking at it it's going to be a lot to process now but when you think about i gotta get this name corin carillon corin carillon corin carillon corin what what weapon do you envision her wielding in combat <sighs> And you don't have to, you you don't have to look, don't look at the page, sort of just tell us like in your head, what is she, what is she doing? What are her, what does her clan use? What what are they doing? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't, I I literally guys spent a lot of time on the picture. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a lesson to our listeners. Spend more time on your backgrounds. (laughs) I was told I was not going to be discussing the background. (laughs) I know. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I kind of see her doing like being like kind of old school because she's very like sits around in a library and i kind of feel like she would be one of those nerds that was just like you shall not pass and like gond- it ga- gandolfing <laughs> it um with a staff or with a like staff? a staff yeah with a staff Ooh, yeah so a staff is definitely a viable option it's a slightly less damage than um 
uh, than some of the martial weapons. So the mm-hmm. weapons are broke down between simple and martial. Um, as a paladin, you have access to all of them. So um, a quarter staff is only going to be a 1d6 when it's mm-hmm. held with one hand. You can use it. It has a property called versatile, which means you can hold it with two hands. But if you're holding a shield, then you'd only be able to hold it with one hand. But mm-hmm. honestly, the difference between a 1d6 and a 1d8 which is what which is the next sort of highest number that you could get with just a one-handed weapon. Mm-hmm. It's not that much. So if you love the flavor of having a staff, then go for it. And who knows, your DM might be super nice and let you just do something that we call flavor, a a D8 weapon like a long sword and just say that it actually looks like a staff. That's an option too. Hey, DM, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Adding some long spice swords in are here. great. I mean, I have a long sword and I, I love her. Love that girl. <laughs> All right. So we have your weapon now. Um, so you'll notice there's a spot right in the character sheet where it says name. You can put in quarter staff. Um, and we talked a little bit on the last episode about attack bonuses and damage types. Um, so, uh, we'll just say for now, um, the attack bonus at level one, it's going to be your strength plus your proficiency bonus or your strength modifier, I should say, plus your proficiency bonus. So Sandy, what is your strength modifier plus say it? This is a podcast, Sandy, right? Yeah. Stop holding up your fingers. I I was waiting for you guys to be done talking. (laughs) Interrupt me. Okay. Jeez. Anyway, uh, my strength modifier is plus three, and my proficiency modifier is plus two. Yeah. Yep. So five. Put those together. Five. (laughs) Yeah. So you would put a plus five in the box that says attack bonus. So when you roll your d20 to hit, you add five to that. Um, So if you roll a 10 on the dice, then you add five, and the overall roll is a 15. Um, um, and then the damage type, um, or, or it says damage slash type. Uh, I always put it so one d six because it's a quarter staff, or sorry, one d eight because you're being allowed well, to use. So it. in your equipment, you get a simple melee weapon, which can be the quarter staff, and you also get a martial weapon. So you can have both a quarter staff and a long sword. I am Gandalf. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you want both, then yeah, you can add. Then both. do that. Yeah. Um, so in which case your attack bonus for both is the same because they both use strength to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the damage type on the staff is a 1d6 bludgeoning, 1d6 plus. So w- when you do your, you calculate your damage, you add your, your strength modifier, or if it's a dexterity based weapon, your dexterity modifier to the damage. So, but you don't add your proficiency big, like, no, no, you don't add your proficiency to the damage, only the attack the two hit roll, not the the number of hit points you're taking away. So when you're reading across, right, you picked a quarter staff. So the first thing where it says name should read quarter staff. And then where it says attack bonus, it should read plus five so that you know whatever you roll, you add five. And then in the damage slash type section, you go 1d6 plus three. And then I usually put in parentheses B as like a note to myself that is bludgeoning. Okay, so we'll let you do the longsword by yourself. So what? Can, tell us your numbers for the longsword. So the longsword is plus five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then 1d8. Mm-hmm. 
and is it bludgeoning? It just says versatile. Nope, that's it. Where it says the damage, it says one d eight slashing. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. I see. Okay, one d eight slashing. So, is slashing? I just put it's an it's S. it's still strength. So you're still gonna oh, add so plus three. Uh, plus three. Yep. Yep. Because the weapon itself, it's not the type of damage you do. It's the weapon itself is a strength based weapon. Oh, okay. And yeah, and honestly, next to both the staff, so in the name uh, mm-hmm. where you wrote quarterstaff and longsword, you could also put a V in parentheses just as a reminder because those are both versatile weapons. So let's say you're in the midst of combat and your shield gets destroyed or or stolen or you're woken up in the middle of the night in a fight and you don't have your shield next to you. That means you can you can choose to grab the weapon with both hands, and that actually increases the damage. So instead of a 1d6 on the staff, it's a 1d8. Instead of a 1d8 on the sword, it's a 1d10. So that V just helps remi- rem- remind you, oh, wait, I can actually do more damage with this if mm-hmm. I need to. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we skipped a few boxes there that had important numbers on them. So we're going to pop back up. And I saw that you put in that your speed was 30 feet. Perfect. Yep, mm-hmm. that's absolutely right. That's what you get. Um, your, I saw that you put your initiative was negative one. That's absolutely right because your dexterity is an eight. So your dexterity uh, determines your initiative there. So a negative one modifier. You are correct. Now your hit point maximum is changed now that we have rearranged some of your numbers. So let's recalculate that hit point maximum. Yeah, so Sandy, what can you tell us what that would be? No. So flip back to page 84 of the player's handbook. Yes, I am there. So And at the top where it says hit points. 10 plus my constitutional modifier. So it'd be 11 because my constitution is now plus one. I like that you called it a constitutional modifier. I know, she's a constitutional. <laughs> that's, that's adorable. <laughs> the lawyer in you is just sprouting out. Um, yeah, that's correct for, for level Absolutely. one. Yep. And then just remember, subsequent levels, you'll take the average instead of a full 10, which is mm-hmm. a six in ca- average plus one. So a six in, in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. And then at every level, you get that level's number of hit dice. So at level one, your total number of hit dice is just one. Oh. And that is just the number of dice you can use during a short rest to regain hit points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really helpful. It shows you a D10 on this character sheet. It shows you a little D10 just as a reminder. Oh, as a paladin, your hit dice is a D10 whenever you need to know that. Awesome. So cool. let's let's hop down then to talk about some spell stuff. <laughs> Before we is do that, that a question? I do have a question. <laughs> um, temporary hit points. Is that something that just happens like during the game or? Okay. Yep. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't supposed to fill anything out there. No, yeah, you're good. Yeah, if you if you look at some spells, uh, I believe as a paladin you'll have access to aid at second uh, as a second level spell. Um, there's a spell called Armor of Agathis. Th- those types of spells give you temporary hit points. Okay. Cool. Okay, let's let's talk spells. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna have you then calculate your spell attack bonus and your spell save DC. So if you remember, your spell attack bonus was taking whatever your spell casting modifier is and then adding your proficiency bonus to it. 
So show your work and explain to us how you get to the number you get to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So my... Oh, don't... Jesus. <laughs> Spy copyrighted. Sorry. Probably. We're not making money off of this. It's a parody. Um, it's a parody. Okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Fair use. Yeah. So wait. My proficiency bonus mm-hmm. is just plus two isn't it yep yep and then my charisma modifier is plus three so it'd be five yeah. Yay! Yay! well done <laughs> yeah so your attack your spell attack bonus is a plus five now your spell save dc is the same number plus eight 13 perfect holla i'm gonna be mathing i yeah, I became aware not to do that. But a lot of people struggle with filling these numbers in, but like it really is that simple. And if you're, it's funny because what that's telling you right now is that um, your spell attacks and weapon attacks actually have the same likelihood of its success. Um, you have a plus five to both. Now, as a first level paladin, you don't actually have any spells. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> at second level, hey, you might get some spell attacks. Uh, that you might decide to take, and and uh, that would be the bonus for it. Corin, she'll get her groove back. <laughs> Level two. <laughs> yes. Okay. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. it for for this. Um, the rest of the stuff you'll fill out as you go. Of course, as a paladin, you have lay on hands and divine sense. You can fill those in based on um, uh, what you read in. Uh, the little sections on that mm-hmm. but and then uh, once you pick your oath yeah as your uh paladin i think we talked about we did you doing oath of devotion yeah. but Ooh. instead of to a god it's going to be devotion to her clan so mm-hmm. because dragonborns are devoted to the clan above gods i love that mm-hmm. that's awesome i love tying in the 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 background in that way it's great um yeah. Well, overall, Sandy, I thought you did a great job and you clearly yeah. have a, a great command over these principles. And hopefully your self-esteem hasn't taken too many knocks because we really tried hard to be nice to you. So Yes. Um, no, because of the sandwich method, I think I'm, I'll be okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm just laughing. because The, the sandwich insult yeah. compliment oh. or criticism compliment. Yeah. No, I prefer insult. Yeah, no, uh, I, I felt it was insult, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're a dumb shit, but we love you. <laughs> yeah. See, it makes it all better, but you should have started with a compliment first. Nah. <laughs> you're I, I here, the, you're a I dumb shit, the, but we love you. <laughs> I prefer the toast method or the, you know, you put, you just sprinkle it on Burn top. Burn it of, on both sides. Yeah, yep. 100%. Um, you're awesome. a ginger right. and you have no soul. <laughs> she is a ginger guys (laughs) that's why i was like she'd be a perfect dragonborn because in my head for some reason i'm like ginger should be dragonborn it's probably because i think all all dragonborn should be scottish and that scottish people are gingers Mm. anyway moving on moving on join us next time (laughs) 